I sat there, it was very reminiscent of one of my first experiences where an entity, while I was in my meditative state, made itself present. Another experience when I was in that in-between state between waking and sleeping, a moment of sleep paralysis where another entity had made itself present. And so as all of these experiences of at the time that I had experienced in fear came flooding into my mind, I realized that this was a psychic assault. What awaits us when we wander into the ways, the wonders, and wilds of the weird, where magic is real, where within deep mystery our mind steals, and where the very fabric of reality begins to peel. From haunting ghosts to Freemason gridlines, from malevolent entities to geopathic ley lines, this intuitive investigation case dances on the very edges of belief and reality. Withhold all that you believe and think that you know, and open your mind to join me as we investigate and explore these wonderful wonderings and so much more in this The Quantum Wizardry Podcast. The nature of tonight's episode discusses and explores experiences concerning death, the supernatural, and topics that may be inappropriate for a younger and more sensitive audience. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, I felt it. As soon as I walked in through the front door, yeah, I felt it. I don't know if you've ever been electrocuted. Well, maybe something a little less dramatic. Static electricity shock, putting your fingertip into an electrical outlet. Now just imagine that small current of energy that is creating a sensation in just a small part of your body, a tingling, a numbness, whatever that experience has been for you. Now imagine that coursing through the entirety and totality of your body and multiply that by 10. Well, that's what I started to feel as I walked through the front door of my lodgings that night. Like an electric shock, the spiritual energy stored in the very brick and mortar of the building overwhelmed my body. I felt it, deeply raw, real, as it coursed through every fiber of my being. Slowly and steadily, as I shambled up to the check-in counter, of the Hotel Majestic. Now, what began as what I was thinking was going to be a quick, easy, one-night stay in San Francisco soon turned into something much more dark, much more mysterious. Something that eventually turned into a full-week investigation into the hidden magic and mystery that laid within 
the four walls of this hotel. Something that ran deeper, to the very ground beneath it, to the very history that led to its construction and well before. What began as a simple investigation to determine what truly was happening at the Hotel Majestic quickly became much more complicated, going into the very history of the building of San Francisco as a city and even predating it with the indigenous tribes who dwelt there to the very land beneath both in what turned out to be a very both complicated and intriguing intuitive investigation. Now, before getting too deeply into the mechanisms of these metaphysics, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Kiola Maltengan, and the Quantum Wizardry Podcast is an expression of my personal genius. Our genius really is that aspect, the fullest expression and extension of ourselves. And for me, as a consulting wizard, these are my personal experiences, both through trial and sometimes in error, to really deepen my own connection, comprehension, and really communication with source consciousness. Now, these investigations really catalog everything from my personal experiences to deeper spiritual experiences, it really is immersive in the full spectrum of the strange and the very edges of the extraordinary. And so with these shares, it really goes through parts and pieces that I have explored personally, things that I have in my own life, in my own way, have really immersed in. And this experiential learning experience, if you will, is something that I really am excited and inspired to share because when I really look back at it, man, I've done some weird shit. (laughs) And so really taking things from high esotericism to the aspects of quantum physics, diving deeply into things related to shamanism, to things much more along the lines of multidimensional physics, and pretty much everything in between. And so these podcasts are going to be episodes of both intuitive investigations, things in areas of high uncertainty, exploring these great mysteries, and really revealing the science that lays within spirituality, as well as the magic that exists all around us. And so I'm excited to welcome you on this journey with me, with this first episode as we dive deeply into a case that really changed the very way that I saw things, that I approached things. In fact, it was a very interesting case because it was so complex in terms of all the things that I began to unearth and that was revealed in terms of how exactly does not just a ghost, three entities get stuck in such a way. And not just that, but also augment and amplify the energies, the sensations and the emotions that they were emitting. Well, in this case, 
We'll dive deeply episode by episode, layer by layer, as we really look at the aspects that really led to this. How not just the hotel itself, the entire area and district were and are actively being influenced and also being siphoned. That's right, siphoned by an energetic grid that exists to this day. But I digress. A little bit of history about the Hotel Majestic before we dive more deeply into some of these other aspects. Built in 1902 as a family home, the Hotel Majestic was built by its original owner, Milton Schmidt. Now, Milton Schmidt was industrialist who made his money via steel. And so this beautiful hotel, well, family home, was then converted two years after it was completed into a hotel and had remained a hotel um, ever since. And so the interesting thing about that is that the family itself, the Schmidt family itself, uh, didn't really occupy the hotel for all that long. And yet in the time that they dwelt there, Lisa Schmidt, the daughter of the original owner, Milton Schmidt, uh, really came to love this place. And so much so that many believe that after she had passed, that her spirit returned to occupy the hotel itself. And to this day, people visit and will stay at the hotel so that they can have an experience, this otherworldly supernatural experience of a of a ghost. You know, reporting things from sensations to sounds. Uh, guests who have stayed at the Hotel Majestic have had all sorts of experiences and have come to lovingly call her Lady Lisa. Which leads us back to the beginning of this story. I had taken that trip with that story I had shared initially in February of 2019. Now, that was a short work trip. At the time, I was doing some traveling and really doing some things in terms of supporting others through different technologies and techniques, largely around personal connection, intuition, and leveraging these different resources to help us in everyday life. And so when I happened upon this, uh, it by no means was a surprise, though it was definitely not expected. I was then invited, after I had spoken to the manager about my experience, to come back to conduct a further, deeper investigation. And so in the summer of 2019, May of 2019, I returned to the Hotel Majestic for a five-day investigation. Now, this investigation, or as I called it at the time, intuitive investigations, was a mix of both intuition and intellect, both technologies as well as leveraging these intuitive tools. And so on one part in the arena of intellect, I would set up audio recorders as well as video cameras. I would utilize things like EMF readers to be able to detect certain spikes in energy. 
on the other side of that spectrum, I would go into deep meditation, go into trance states, utilize the tarot in terms of finding out more information, as well as things like pendulums, utilizing things in terms of what we would identify as psychic abilities, and utilize all of these different things to be able to have a more comprehensive experience, as well as being able to ascertain deeper levels of knowledge. Now, my intention with any of these investigations, of which at that time there were many, um, ultimately was to support the entity or entities that were stuck, or in this case, quite literally, or I guess metaphysically, um, held within a container of sorts, which really brings us into a very interesting topic of disincarnate spirits and what happens when we transition. Now, while we don't and won't go into depth on this, when a person transitions, right, energy can either be created nor destroyed, so it goes someplace. Now, when we pass and we have unresolved issues, or we pass in a violent way, or perhaps in a state of high emotionality, then that ultimately can limit the capacity for us to truly transition. It acts as an anchor. It can be something that keeps us held within a place. And often what ends up happening in these circumstances and cases is that it's a locality. There is an area that we are limited to. And so you'll hear these stories of hauntings, of hotels, of homes, of different areas where there is some kind of spiritual activity. And often the case is that something had happened that left an imprint, a shade of sorts of the actual person, the consciousness of that person, which was very much the case here at the Hotel Majestic. Now, it was very interesting because the ghost of Lady Lisa is well known. Now, Lisa Schmidt, after her passing, had such an affinity to the Hotel Majestic, again, which was her family's home, so much so as a child that she refused to leave. So the story being that she returned after her passing to the place that she was most happy, which was her family home from 1902 to 1904. 1904, again, transitioned the Schmidt family home into a hotel, as we know today, the Hotel Majestic. Now, the thing about that is, is that there are so many different stories. Often, Lady Lisa, which is... uh, you know, lovingly called nowadays, is thought of as a more playful, more whimsical spirit, one that visits people, uh, whether it be bathtubs filling or faucets magically turning on, the sounds of plumbing and things happening, footsteps in the hallways, 
Um, employees have reported things in terms of bottles dropping or sounds in the kitchen. So she has never thought to be a malevolent energy. More so someone who is there for play, for enjoyment, and that childlike, whimsical nature is something that most who have traveled, and many do, travel to the Hotel Majestic for an experience of the supernatural, will say, state, and support. So day one, when I arrive, was really just getting settled. Now, most of the investigation was conducted overnight, and so I'd arrive around 9 o'clock, and had access to four rooms where had the most spiritual and supernatural activity. Room 407 was by far the most active. And so I had set up some cameras, some recorders of the four different rooms, and in doing so had the tech side more or less taken care of. Now, that was a matter of not just the four rooms that the hotel itself had in its main structure. It was also uh, an employee room or a room that sometimes employees would stay at. Now, the reason that I was invited to come back was because the manager at the time had shared that he felt weird about his previous manager had trained him when he first came on to work at the Hotel Majestic because he, in 2016, had committed suicide at the hotel by uh, jumping off the top of the building. Now, when I heard this in and of itself seems odd, obviously. However, with having experiences within the realm of the supernatural also created an inconsistency within the story that had been told. Now, when there is a playful or more benevolent spirit, then often the case can be that they will interact with someone who is consistently available and there. I mean, it isn't the best example. However, if we look at cats, they usually stay within a certain perimeter, if you will, about two miles or so. And there's something similar that can be said about spirits. There's a proximity that they keep. And so those that are consistently there often are aware of or behold, whether, you know, directly or indirectly, some sort of expression of this spirit. Now, for someone to commit suicide, and obviously it's not always going to be a matter of a supernatural entity that may be affecting and afflicting, there are very real experiences that a person can have that can move them to that place. However, I took note of this. And so as day one unfolded, It was mostly the setup, and so I set up also in this fifth room as well. And so I had five rooms that I had cameras and audio recorders and equipment that were set up for an overnight experience. Now, I would really start around 
somewhere between 10 p.m. and 11 p.m. or so. That seems to be when some of the activity would be happening. And so I would have everything. I set up everything on that first night. And as I got that settled, um, then continued on to the second aspect, which is the intuitive piece. Now, the intuitive piece, by this point, I had already gone through a little bit of an experience by going into meditation prior to arriving to the hotel and going into what I call trance state. Now, this whole concept of quantum wizardry means that I work with both aspects in terms of things in the more physical and definitely that in the metaphysical. And so I dropped into trance state and I, when I go into this state, I do a very slow breathing technique. And as I do, I set up what I would call a shield of sorts. And I very similarly to Google Maps, dropping that little guy into the into an area into a neighborhood so you could see what it actually looks like well think of doing that spiritually next on my list was to go directly to room 407 so at room 407 again the most haunted room if you will uh were at that time under construction rooms 407 and i believe 408 and so my first point of order was to go to the place of high activity and to sit there, to observe, and to meditate. And so I did. I arrived in the room and instantly felt a pressure of sorts. If you've ever been scuba diving, then you'll know just sort of the mass, the density the weight of the water as it presses upon your body and there is a similar sensation a metaphysical presence can have a certain density to it and so i entered the room and i could feel it and in these cases you can often also feel a sensation not just the sensation of something beyond what you can see there are the sensations of the body you see, when we look around us, we can only see so much, 0.0035% of the spectrum of light, which means, by and large, we see diddly squat. However, we can still be aware of things. Our conscious and our subconscious can pick up on things much more instinctually. That's when we feel that sense of a danger. That's when we experience something beyond words. And that's when our body tells us to get the fuck out of there. So all those alarm bells went off as I entered in room 407. I was like, okay, this is where the training comes in. This is where being able to calm the nervous system, even though everything is yelling to get the hell out of that room. I took a moment, I took a breath, and I also took the opportunity to announce who I was, my intention, and what was going to be happening. Now, these sensations can also be much more physical as well. Talking about those sensations of danger also come experiences of, at least for me, coldness and so i felt 
cold. Now, mind you, I had a few layers on, and fair point, I am from Hawaii, so I might get a little more cool than others. However, this was not that. And so I stood there after I made my declaration, and I just took a moment to feel further, to expand my metaphysical senses. Now, I'm what I would call an energetic which means that my intuitive abilities lie more so in the area of spirituality, the unseen. And so I expanded those senses and I felt into a very, what I would say, a disharmonious and discordant resonant frequency. Whew. Now that's a mouthful. Basically, if everything felt off. And there was something there, and that something really didn't care for me all that much. I would imagine, by and large, those who stay in room 407 come for the experience, the novelty. Here I am, declaring that I'm here to connect, to observe, and to do my part to ultimately free this entity from whatever is keeping it oppressed and bound to this place. You see, I do these investigations not for just entertaining a curiosity. My intention is always to release whatever is there to support, to transition. Some would say transmute that energy. And so that declaration was not well-received. And so, I walked in through the room. I sat directly in the middle of it. I closed my eyes. And I breathed. Now, mind you, I've had some experiences with some things that also have not been very fond of me. One of the things about being more intuitive is that it's very much like a porch light that's left on when the termites are out. That light is left on and that is a source of radiance. And as such, the bugs, they do cluster. You know what else travels in clusters? (laughs) Fucks, yes. Anyway, as I sat there, it was very reminiscent of one of my first experiences where an entity, while I was in my meditative state, made itself present. Another experience when I was in that in-between state between waking and sleeping, a moment of sleep paralysis where another entity had made itself present. And so as all of these experiences of at the time that I had experienced in fear came flooding into my mind, I realized that this was a psychic assault that this was more than just episodes 
and experiences that I was recalling, things held within my subconscious mind that I had been fearful of. It was more than just a similar sensation of experiences that I had had in my life. Something was stoking a fire so that an experience of fear would drive me out. Huh. Well, this just got interesting. As I really just became very present with what was going on, it became very surreal. I've experienced malevolent entities before. And my experience has been usually it's more a direct threat. My own safety. Things in terms of a direct aggression towards me. This was not that. This was something different. And so as I sat there in a barrage of psychic manipulations, I became very aware that what I was sitting with, what I was present with, was not your everyday run-of-the-mill ghost. There was something else happening. The sheer strength of it, the vastness of its energy, the almost density of its will. Yeah. Playful. Whimsical. Nah. This was something else entirely. Now, if you ever find yourself in a situation like this, where you are confronted by some unseen force, by an agency that neither has form nor face, then what inevitably happens is that it can turn into a battle of wills. For myself, as I sat there, I was clear in my intention. I knew why I was there. I was committed to seeing it through, to supporting whatever entities existed in this hotel, and to do my part to be able to clear it. By and large, most people, you know, those of you out there who are more sane and have more personal um, commitment to your own sanity will not go into one of these scenarios, so largely won't be confronted by such an entity. However, because I was there with purpose, high intentionality, and brought in a force of will dedicated to seeing this through, I was able to engage. And engage I did. And so, sitting there, cross-legged on the ground, in room 407, eyes closed, I steadied my breath. Now, that's important. When we encounter these types of things, 
one of the first thing that happens is the alarm bells go off. The subconscious mind can detect. Again, it's instinctual. We know that we know, though we don't know exactly what we know. And so the tendency is for our body to go into a state of fight or flight. And so breathing slowly is what I did first. I felt it, all those things, all the things. And so I breathed. As I did, I slowed my breath, which helped to slow my heart rate, which helped me to be in a more centered, calm state, to bring back and forth my intention which helped to support and to stoke the fires of my will. And so what inevitably happened, slowly yet steadily, and then more quickly as I built up that momentum, was very much like a dim light. One that started as a spark and began to expand and extend, which is exactly how I envisioned it. I felt it in my gut first in terms of why was I here? What am I here to do? And who am I to run away when things got tough? And I felt it. I expanded it. I not just stoked that flame. I breathed more life into it. And I felt it as it became not just a small sphere of light. I felt it as it expanded throughout my body to surround my body and ultimately to engulf the entirety and totality of that room. And so we sat. The entity had a measure of me and I of it. Now, I say it because with everything that had been said thus far about Lady Lisa, this was not that. And I knew it deep inside of myself. And so as I sat there, as I started to further expand, not just the extensions of my will, the very edges of my perception. Not just throughout that room. I continued to expand it further throughout the entirety of the hotel. And as I did, I sat there and I clearly, in this moment now, I can close my eyes and I can see it. Three distinct figures. One which I was confronting at that moment in room 407, female. Another, much more dim in brightness, and I'll talk about that in just a moment, yet one that was definitely there, female. And a last light, a figure, One that held great sadness and something more. Shame. Male. Three figures. Three entities. 
three distinct identities that existed, all held within the container of the Hotel Majestic. So as I sat there, present with the experience, aware that this building was far from empty, and that perhaps the ghosts that people had traveled, had experienced, had come to know as Lady Lisa was in fact someone else entirely. Indeed, as I would come to know in the next few days, something else entirely. Thank you for joining this episode one of the Quantum Wizardry Podcast. Join us next week as we dive deeper into the questions. Who are these three entities? Why are they stuck? And how can all this play out as the investigation continues? Love and aloha. Take care and ahui ho till we meet again.